Welcome to the Indie Marketers Podcast. My name is Mike McFarland. This is episode five and the second episode of this week. Earlier this week, I had the chance to sit down with John Miller, co-founder of Marketo and Steve Woods, co-founder of Eloqua, and dive into what it was like competing with each other, what it was like building marketing automation platforms back in the early 2000s. And just learning more about the the relationship and the dynamic that these two people and companies had at the time as well. Definitely a a very cool perspective for folks like me who who kind of came up during the early two thousands in the Martech marketing automation space. Definitely a little nostalgia. Definitely got a few feels talking through some of this stuff, taking me back to my early twenties when I was a young pup just starting out in this world that we call MarTech and marketing automation. So if you haven't already, definitely give it a listen to all those that have given it a listen or have sent me feedback. Thank you. Uh, I know a lot of folks found it very nostalgic as well. And just a really interesting conversation between two folks that really helped shape how a lot of us do our job today through the use of marketing automation. So definitely give it a listen if you haven't, but today we've got the wonderful and talented Emma Scott's, joining the Indie Marketers podcast. A lot of folks may not know who Emma is, but you kind of do. Emma is the one who designed all the 3MG Mike McFarland marketing group, branding, logos, icons, color palettes, fonts, the whole gamut. She gave what is now known as 3MG a brand identity, which when, when you create something or when you're in the midst of creating something, you don't realize how much that means to to what you've created when you can kind of give it a visual. And Emma's phenomenal at what she does. Uh, she's done tremendous amount of work for, for her own customers and she runs a fantastic design business. And we talked a lot of bit about that today. We talked about what it's like being a designer, how she got into design. What's it like running your own design business? What's it like working with customers when you're having to translate people's ideas into a visual. And then we dumped, jumped in and talked a lot about music, which was awesome for me. That's obviously one of my passions. Uh, hopefully that has come across in all the episodes of the, the Indie Marketers podcast so far. But yeah, it was a great conversation and looking forward to everyone getting an opportunity to to hear what Emma's all about. We'll have contact details for Emma uh, posted through our socials and posted in the description of this podcast as well. So if you are looking for any sort of design or branding or rebranding or anything like that, definitely give Emma a look. She is absolutely fantastic at what she does. Now, before we jump into the episode this week, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the music that brought us into this episode and the music that will take us out of this episode. I changed it up a little bit this week. I still kept a little bit of Canadian flavor, but I went a little bit more old school. I went a bit, a bit, I can't talk right now. I went a little bit more classic rock. We're talking about Rush. The trio that just sounds like there's 10 people playing at once. It's phenomenal. They're an incredible band. I don't have to say a lot about them. I think everyone knows who Rush is. If you don't know who Rush is, uh, definitely give them a listen. They are uh, huge influencers for what people call like progressive metal or prog rock. Um, so oh, there's some like math, math metal, uh, weird time signatures and all that sort of fun stuff, which makes their music really fun to listen to. Now, the song that you heard coming into the episode was probably their most popular song. At least Spotify tells me that's what their most popular song is. Tom Sawyer. And if you've never seen the music video for this song, do yourself some justice and check it out. It is absolutely incredible. I love the nostalgic feel that it has. It was obviously recorded, I think it was back in 78 or 79. Um, when uh, when their album, when the, the album Moving Pictures came out. 
and it definitely feels like that and it definitely looks like that and there's something for me that i just love to see that like it just it takes doesn't take me back to time because i wasn't born yet but i love i love that period of time i love that retro look i love that retro feel i love seeing wood paneling on walls i love seeing neon signs i love seeing the long hair and the bell bottoms and all that fun stuff and this episode or this not this episode this music video is basically a live performance of them recording the song and it is absolutely awesome so if you've never seen the video for tom sawyer do yourself a favor and go check it out now the song that we're going to close the uh podcast out with this week is called limelight another banger by rush another extremely popular song by the band rush uh probably i would say very close to my favorite song tom sawyer i mean you can't argue the greatness of that song maybe you can but i won't listen to it um limelight's right up there too so enjoy these songs as they take you in and out of the podcast today and yeah i guess oh no 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 can't get started yet gotta drop the socials you can find us on social media sounds very weird saying that in 2022 or yeah 2023 it sounds weird saying that in 2023 considering just how prominent social media is but i guess for for some of us folks that were uh, coming up while social media was still coming up or being a thing. That's kind of just what we used to say. But anyway, you can find us on Instagram at 3mg.ca. Find us on TikTok at 3mg.ca. You can find the episodes on YouTube at 3mg-ca. That's our handle or just search for 3mg. You can also find the trailer for Mike Versus on the YouTubes. If you're so inclined to take a look at what that's all about. I've got a poll running on LinkedIn right now, which may be a little bit dated when this episode comes out asking what folks want to see in the first episode of, of Mike versus. And right now it looks like welcome program automation may be the first test subject between Marketo, Eloqua, Pardot and HubSpot. We will see how this goes, but get ready episodes, hopefully coming in the next few weeks as well. And I'll put this out there too. Please be patient with me. I'm not a video editor. (laughs) I am going to do my damn best to slice and dice and put this thing together and make it fun and make it representative of, of what I hope this whole series will be. And hopefully I'll, I'll learn and get better as we go through. That'll be really cool too, because this is something I'm really interested in and uh, who doesn't want their work to look all nice and shiny and have a nice little red bow on it. Enough mumbling, enough talking, enough chatting. Let's jump in to the episode, will ya? Let's go. We are here. Emma Scott. <laughs> How here. are you? Good, good. Yeah, we did a, a brief little run through just before, but we're enjoying the the new year so far, it sounds yes. like, right? So Yes. Yes. I, I we both commented that we can't believe it's already the middle of January. And it doesn't it doesn't feel like a lot of time's gone by, but it feels like a lot of time's gone by, or it's gone by very fast. I guess I'll say it that way. Um, you're based out of Peterborough which is about 50 minutes of uh, yeah, 50 minutes down the road from where about we are. Did you guys get blasted with all the snow last night too? We did. Yeah. You know Fine. what though? I'm actually kind of, it was nice to wake up to because I feel like I don't really like winter where it's just raining and you know, you just see like the roads and all the trees are dead and it's just lots okay. of like gray. Yes. Yeah. It's very so, pretty out there today for sure. Yeah, at least it's nice. It's like we're already dealing with the cold. We might as well have it look nice, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. And it wasn't actually too bad of a snowfall. I spent about an hour and a half outside this morning snow blowing our driveway. Uh, and it wasn't that difficult, which was nice, because normally if it's wet snow, it's just such a pain in the ass to yes. get away. Anyway. Yeah, it was powdery. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it looks great in the trees, too, which is yeah, Canadian problems, eh? <laughs> Canadian problems. Well, yeah. 
I'm sure we can talk about the weather as most Canadians do on a very daily basis, but I want to talk about you. I want to learn more about you. Now for folks that don't know, uh, Emma is the one that designed the beautiful Mike McFarland marketing group, 3MG logo. Um, and so woo woo, a lot of great comments on it too. So I want to just personally say thank you for doing just an absolutely incredible job. Um, and yeah, it's been really cool to like, feel like my company has a face now, like it has a look, it has a feel, it has a brand. Yeah. Um, it feels real. So like, and just, especially for doing the social media, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I guess just starting off, just knowing that like your, like your, your world is design. How did you get started in design? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was, I feel like I started pretty young weirdly um because i would there was a couple of um programs in high school that were you know computer-esque programs i don't know if anyone else had those but there's usually like a communications technology or a media arts or something like that so any chance there was to do something like that um i tried those out and i was usually pretty good at them i i enjoyed doing them um so then from there i guess it was just easy to pick a college program right and then Where, what, what college did you go to george brown i think george brown nice yeah were you you didn't go to george brown too no right? i went to humber humber okay yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so similar path though you know picking toronto for school and then ending up up here right <laughs> <laughs> ending up no. in cottage country <laughs> yes yeah it is kind of it's a weird kind of migration that happens i live like kim and i live downtown for almost 15, 16 years. Um, so yeah, definitely a bit of a, a shock and awe moving from like living in Liberty Village in Toronto to literally the middle of nowhere or what feels like the like the middle of nowhere. That's but, what that's what people from Toronto would call it, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. They're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. There is still a lot of culture, like arts, creative culture out here, I find. So yep. that's been I think if there wasn't, it would be tougher, but there still is a small or fairly large, I guess, in comparison, um, just from the size of cities, there's a lot of small businesses, entrepreneurs, creatives. So that's really cool. And I've noticed that actually with Peterborough and for folks that don't know, Peterborough is not typically looked at as like the the hip young town and like my parents live in Peterborough. I can like, it's an older community. It's, it's just, that's just the makeup of it. Um, But I think especially over the last few years, the way that Kim, like Kim, obviously you helped Kim with her previous business with doing the wear again, um, getting to see that. And then there seems to be like a little community, especially in Peterborough of like, and I don't want to say of all places, but like, it's an, it's interesting that that sort of community that typically doesn't, foster that sort of demographic from an age standpoint is is having a lot of just like creative juices flow out of it yeah it's it's odd isn't it like i i think i felt the same way i i I tried it out moving here um my parents live in hastings so i had just moved back with them and was discovering what the next spot would be and just kind of picked a spot that would have jobs and had some public transport and stuff. Yeah. So, yep. uh, and apartments were cheap at the time, not so much anymore, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like, there's a lot of students here too. So there's, there is that retirement uh, community and people have settled here. Um, but then there's also students and a lot of those students end up if they get jobs here or if they have friends here, they just stay. So then there's all these people that are in their twenties and thirties that just ended up staying because they liked it. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and yeah, it's an like, interesting mix. How how much does that influence kind of your work? Like, and we'll get into like into you running your own business and and everything there. But I guess just being in that sort of environment, do you like? do you get a a ton of inspiration from it for the the things that you're creating? Yeah, I would say so. Um, There's a lot of small businesses and I work with a lot of small businesses. So that's, you know, a nice connection that there is, it's not just all chains or something here. Right. right? Right. It's nice that a community can allow that there's something here that 
feels comfortable enough for enough people to want to do that. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's inspiring. And there is just a lot of like arts groups too. Um, like I, I volunteer on the, the first Friday committee. So they do like an art crawl once a month. Um, and there's, that's not even the only one. There's so many other uh, art committees and groups. So it's just nice that there is other creatives here, even just meeting for networking or yeah, helping out. But yeah. Wow. Well, hey, everyone, if you had the same sort of kind of view of Peterborough that I did before, obviously, <laughs> it's not always what we think on the outside. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, Peterborough is a great town. And that's really cool. Like, I, I, I again, I would never have thought that a, a town like Peterborough could have false, fostered that sort of culture and creativity, but it's great that it can. And it's great that people are kind of coming yeah. to the city to to embrace that as well. And it's, yeah, it's uh, definitely a cool time for the city, for sure. I think it's come a long way, too, because uh, I've only been here for four years or something now, maybe almost five. Um, but I, you know, people who have been here for a long time said, you know, it used to be vastly different maybe in the past. So I think it is just coming a long way. Anything outside the GTA now, because people are spreading out, but uh it's nice. I, right. I mean, that aspect of it is nice. So <laughs> nice, nice. Well, let's let's do a little bit of a jump kind of forward to talking about Emma Scott Designs. Um, what was what was your like what was your driving force for wanting to kind of go out on your own or work freelance or be a consultant or anything like that? Yeah. Um I think I always kind of had it on the back burner because um, occasionally, you know, you'd you'd be working nine to five or maybe serving or bartending or something. And occasionally people would ask you what you went to school for. And then they'd ask you to do a graphic design project or something. So it was always yeah. kind of there occasionally, but I wasn't like really putting all my time into it. Um, but yeah, I think moving here it helped because I was meeting a lot of creative people and, right. you know, you kind of gravitate towards people that are doing a similar thing or, um, but yeah, I think it, it actually got prompted more so by, by COVID times, which I think a lot of us can relate to where there was layoffs and so many industries got like so disrupted. Um, so that had me shifting to, okay, maybe I should just put all my energy into this so that, yeah. I can get through those times and then it just stuck. So it worked out in the end, but it was scary at the start. <laughs> I a very similar journey for me. Um, I was coming out of a not so fun job, which I'll talk about on another day. Um, and COVID was, we were like nine months into COVID at that point too. And kind of went through the same thing of like, I've always been interested in, in what I do on the MarTech side of things and things like that. And I've worked at agencies and I've worked internally at customers. I've been client side, all that sort of stuff. But there was, I've always had this itch to want to like try and do this consulting thing on my own. And it just seemed like kind of like the perfect time where it's just like, well, now you've got nothing on your plate. Uh, why not take that risk if, if, and, and just give it a shot. Um, yeah. so I can very much resonate with you on that. Yeah, I think a lot of people had that scenario. Um, like a lot of, even just the clients that I've worked with have been like, yeah, I always wanted to open a store and then I got laid off. So then I opened the store. So it just like, it's, it's bittersweet, right? Cause it's a scary thing at first to be forced to do it when you didn't feel like prepared or something, but, yep. um, it's, it's kind of like it made people push themselves to live out that dream or finally make something happen right yeah well i think just and i've got to assume just with like the the feeling of so much being taken away from you for especially at the beginning of part of covid to like wanting to feel like you're in some sort of control again so it's just like why not take that risk why not try that new thing um yeah, it just COVID did a lot of weird things, but I think a lot of cool things come out of it with what what you're doing, what what I'm doing. Um is is the way that that you've envisioned kind of running your own business is that kind of 
come to life or uh, have there been unique challenges that that you that you weren't expecting i i feel like there's always unique challenges for sure um but yeah i think it's i think it's honestly i don't want to say easier because you always kind of have to be i'm sure you see that now too where it's you kind of always have to be sharing uh and and keeping in contact with people oh. so it's it's very constant but I, I think, you know, younger me might have thought it's so much more difficult, like, oh, paperwork, uh, employees, things like that. But it really is just, oh, I can just work from home and and email people and enough things come in. So it it weirdly feels easier than I probably imagined it in my head in my 20s. But, yep. <laughs> but really you know, right. it is. Yeah, it is constant, but it's it's. Uh, you know, if you can keep it up, it is really, it flows pretty nicely, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I think there are things like I, with, I've always said the things that I've learned the most about like running a business is running a business. Like it's the business side of what you do. Like I can consult with my eyes closed and do that. No problem. But I've never run a business before. Um, So learning about things like bookkeeping and, taxes and invoicing and like i've got a lot of u.s account like clients that i work with so like how does that all work and what needs to happen there lots <laughs> of little things like that which i i never thought about but i've been very appreciative of the fact that i'm starting to understand all this sort of stuff now so it doesn't feel as overwhelming as it used to um but yeah like i think there's something really yeah. powerful to say that like you can sit in front of your computer. You can send out that email. You can wait for those things. And like, you've built that. That's your thing. That's the way that you've designed that, that you want your work day to go. Yeah. It's just, it is nice that you can have the flexibility. Right. And I do like that you can format it however you want. Right. Like I'm sure yeah. you, you reevaluate every year, what you want things to look like, what things aren't working. The bookkeeping for sure is a whole, a whole other ball game. <laughs> That's the one that I'm like, oh, like I actually just, I hired a, uh, an accountant that I did some branding for. So it's like, you do make those connections that people can help. Everyone can help each other, yep. uh, which is nice. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just ended up hiring someone. Cause I was like, I just don't know <laughs> once a year, you're going to help me because I just don't know what to to do. Yep. Yep. No, it's that I think has been, that's for me has been the, that was one actually the very first things that I started to outsource that instead of me doing it myself. And cause I knew it was going to get complicated and I was just like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have the capacity to want to learn that not necessarily my interest there. Um, <laughs> But it's been such a saving grace to have a bookkeeper who like stays on top of me for like making sure I'm putting my receipts up for expenses and all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. It allows me to focus more on doing the the job that I love doing, which is consulting. Um, are there things I, like one of the biggest things I think I've kind of gone through personally running my own business is knowing when to say no. Mm. Is that something That's that you've like have you struggled with that or is that just kind of part of your personality? You're okay saying it like no problem. It's that is a tough one though, because sometimes there's like stuff that maybe you're not, it's not your favorite thing to do, but you're absolutely capable of it. Yep. Uh, so yep. you, you kind of want to say no, but sometimes I find those things, if they're happening in a lull, then you're more inclined to say like, you know what? I will make time for that this month, but I, I think I am pretty good at saying no, though, because a lot of times something like that happens and you agree to something that you didn't want to do. And then a few more things come in that are more preferred. And you always just have to keep in mind that those things might be around the corner and you won't have time for them if you say yes to the stuff you don't want to do. Yep. <laughs> but it is tough, though, because there's always that money thing in our heads like I yep. do need to make money though but um I I think now after a couple of years I'm trusting I'm usually pretty trusting of if there's lulls it's like just enjoy it while you can yep. <laughs> you know 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what about like, I think one of the things that can sometimes get overlooked in the types of services that you and I both offer um, is the the client management side of things and being able to say no to your client or being able to take constructive criticism or sharing and things like that. Have you had to have any tough conversations with clients or have clients, have you, have they come back and had tough conversations with you at all? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, I want to say it's at least few and far between that. It's like, you know, really bad back and forth or terrible communication or something, but there is that odd time where um, usually I kind of have not, not so much a script, but I have something usually in my head that if this goes wrong or this goes wrong or this goes wrong, like what generally kind of to say yeah, um, yeah. to get it back on track. But if it's going really poorly and the person isn't not really like reflecting on what you're saying and just like reacting really quickly, sometimes it's kind of tough, but I would say that doesn't happen super often. I don't know about you, but sometimes it is kind of nice when uh, it seems like the personality of you and your business is somehow attracting that same type of person. Yep. You know, if we're if we're pretty relaxed, uh, friendly people, then that's kind of the types of people that are coming to us, which is nice. But I 100% agree. Uh, and that's something I think kind of going back to what I asked you earlier about saying no, when I was first starting out, I didn't really say no to anything. Because <laughs> yeah. I, well, because like part of me felt really fortunate for like, just like, oh my God, I'm getting new work. This is great. I don't want to say no to this. Um, but that taught me there were some things that I just don't like doing, like certain types of projects. For example, I just, I say no to now that I didn't say no to before. Um, even having tough conversations with some clients that like I would, I've decided to walk away um that's that's also a difficult thing yeah. to kind of prepare for as well um but yeah, oh, like, yeah. It, it's i i think the the big thing with that um going back to your to your original question i learned to trust my gut when i work with folks and when i have a good yeah. gut reaction then i feel like it's going to be a successful relationship for both sides and if I don't have that good gut feeling when I'm first meeting with someone, I need to get better at saying no and saying like, nah, you know what? This isn't necessarily the, something that I'm interested in working on right now. Yeah. And I find it's helpful too, like to have, like sometimes I have people um, that I've worked with before or that I know in the community that are doing similar things to me. And I'll often if something like that is happening and I'm going, you know, this isn't really like going to be a good relationship or working relationship for the two of us, but I have a number of other people yes. that might be yeah. more in line with either like their, like their communication habits or like the type of work that they're asking for. So it's always nice to have like a couple of like referral people uh, cause then you're not disappointing really. You're not saying no, sorry, good luck. Uh, yeah. you're saying, I can't, but here's some people you can contact type. Yeah. Of thing. You you're coming like you're saying no, but with the positive solution, which is, yeah. which is always a great outcome. Um, yeah. but no, I, I'm in the, like same boat. There are certain things now that I'll like types of projects that I'll proactively say no to, um, but then there are some of the things like when I'm talking with clients and trying to figure out what they're wanting to do and I'll hit those kind of red flags in my head where it's just like, this is going to be messy if I try to do that. So like having like, you know what, there are three other people that are way better at this than I could ever be having that honest conversation, I think builds trust yeah. with that, with that person. So that maybe in the future, something different comes up, different perspective on something you may, you potentially still have yes. a relationship there. Yeah. And I, I think that they always appreciate that too. Right. It's like, you're, it almost is like a, a sign of, of a, a good character, really. If you're saying, I'm not going to just take money from you with something that maybe isn't my hundred percent niche, yep. uh, but I yep. will find somebody better, even if it means I'm not getting the project. Like, I think people appreciate that you're saying, 
hey, I don't want to just take money from you, you know, at, at any cost. It's just, here's a better solution. So yeah, it always seems pretty, like it goes over well when stuff like, it's the best way to say no, because people Absolutely. aren't upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious about your your design process like i've seen it firsthand in terms of kind of like the the stages that that you go through it's this it's and for folks that typically listen to this podcast are going to be marketing and salespeople. it's very similar to kind of what salespeople do it's like you do some initial discovery figure out kind of what what they're what the client's looking for come back with an idea or proposal of how you can do it then you do the thing and you deliver on it um is there a part of that process that, that you really enjoy or is there a part of that process that you don't find nearly as fun? Yeah, that's, yeah, it is. It's kind of funny. Eh? Cause the, the whole process, like the whole process from start to finish is kind of cool in its own. Each step is kind of cool in its own way, but yep. uh, yeah, you're right. It is the, the discovery, something like mood boards or stylescapes, I guess people call them different things all the time, but um, to get an idea of where it's headed and then custom work, revisions, things like that. Um, I really do like the sketching stage though. It's like the initial st stage and obviously the client doesn't really need to see it because you guys would be like, what do these <laughs> even mean? Some of these are pretty rough, but yeah. Um, but that part's pretty fun because I think there's like zero expectation. You know what I mean? I can just do the ugly side of it and nobody sees it and it can be rough and it's like pretty fun exploring what options there are. Yep. Um, but yeah, even, and the final stages are always really fun. Like as soon as you're taking a couple of those, what I'm deeming as the strongest options into the digital stage, um, that part's pretty fun too right. yeah I, it, it's i mean for me just being on the other side of what you do it was so cool to see an idea in my head and then translating that to some form of word or like conversation that we could have so that you could like decipher what that is which i want to talk a little bit about that because that's a unique like skill on its own um yeah. to take that and then do like the mood board or, or the, 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 what was the other phrase for it? Uh, the stylescape or the mood stylescape. board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To see that and like being able to like visualize kind of what you were thinking and then to have you completely transformed that into something that's unique to you. It's just, hmm. it's absolutely incredible to see. Um, going back to that kind of initial discovery phase, like, is this a skill that you've had to develop like over time, just through all the conversations that, that you've had and like how, how to interpret like something so weird that potentially I'm saying and like turn it into something so beautiful at the end. Yeah. It's it. sometimes it's tough. Um, sometimes it just clicks immediately. Uh, and other times it's tough. Like it maybe uh, that person is having a hard time describing what they want, or I think that's helped me, uh, hone in on the the process like either listening to other designers and pieces of how they do things yep. um, but then also yep. things that I've experienced that I go okay I think there needs more initial discovery or something like that um, but yeah it's it's always like changing and moving around based on what works or doesn't work but uh, yeah the uh, the discovery is always kind of fun like you guys always had a very good way of describing what you wanted and you were a bit more descriptive some people are very one word answer they're not sure they're just going to throw some some light information at you but uh, it always helps when somebody can to des describe it a little bit better um but yeah yours was interesting too because it was you know you really liked that that mad men yeah. uh old school retro look yeah but then it's like marketing and you want it to be modern too so it's like ooh that's a tough mix um but i think the color palette and stuff helped with that but anyway it was a fun one <laughs> I'm, gl I'm gl it was so fun to see like all of the 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 three options you delivered to us all of them were phenomenal um 
and I and but like when I saw, I don't know what we, I don't know what the name of the version we went with is called, but the, when I saw that, like immediately, I'm like, that's it. Like yeah. you, like you captured, yeah, you captured that Mad Menace '50s '60s kind of look with yeah. a 2000s like modernness to it, and uh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Yeah, so it had, kind of had that like it had that like throwback to almost uh you know the the global internet brands from their early days of branding, but yep. still had that techie modern look it was an interesting mix it's funny because that was one of those scenarios where you know people don't always pick like your personal favorite uh when you send out options but you guys picked my favorite I was like oh yes (laughs) I was just gonna ask that because um that that like we went there was the the first two I think were Kim and I's favorites and then the last one looked really cool looked awesome but just yeah it just wasn't as it wasn't the first one um but I was curious I was going to ask you which one was your personal favorite of the three and you obviously went yeah I did I did like that one the best but I but I see what you mean like sometimes even in because you never know right like oftentimes I'd say the most common thing is people are picking like out of the two or three options they're picking maybe not my favorite but but there's no, there's nothing wrong with it. They all kind of are, uh, you know, have different ways of implementing, uh, that same style. Um, so sometimes it's kind of nice to have the options, right? Because maybe I'm like slightly misunderstanding the use of it or, you know, so it is nice when there's options and, and you get to pick, based on those slight variations of, Hey, this one actually is better for what we want implemented, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when, especially when Kim was thinking about like all like the website and all the social elements of what, what she was going to start doing. Yeah. Just the color palette, the look and feel was just like chef's kiss or chef's kiss. kiss, (laughs) Awesome. And it is so fun for socials, right? Like already I'm seeing it implemented and it just looks like she's having a lot of fun with it. And it kind of already has a look that works well with, you know, with that, uh, the orange lines and stuff in the icon and stuff. Like it just, there's lots of options for fun stuff to do with that. Yeah. Well, we've already got to use it on a few pieces of swag, uh, (laughs) which has been awesome. Got my dad a a sweater with the logo with the icon on it um for christmas nice. which he loves and it looks phenomenal so yeah it's just it's it's so versatile in the way that it can be deployed um which i never even thought of in regards to a logo but now i completely understand so it's just yeah very very cool just to see the idea turn into something i put on the side of a bluetooth speaker like it's wild it's wild yeah and it and it's such a nice feeling isn't it to have your branding you can either start leaning towards colors for your office and your website and it starts you know you start using those colors more often or it can be yeah you having stickers that go on everything it's it's kind of fun to have it where you can where it can literally go on anything and be like a fun marketing piece and i and like I know I said this at the beginning, it just, it makes everything that I do feel very like real and legitimate, yeah. you know? which is something I've always struggled with. Like saying that, like I started my own business, like anybody can go and just say that they started their own business. Like what defines that you started your own business? That's my own problem. That's something I'm talking to my therapist about, but right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really, it just, it's, it has brought life to what I do. And so like, again, I just, I can't thank you enough for that because you just did such a fantastic job. No. And, and you and Kim were both great to work with, even with her clothing business and stuff. I just found that both of us seem to have like, all of us had the same general approach to things and we're all pretty bubbly, I think. So even in the conversations, we're like, wow, we're so excited. And, um, and, yeah, there was a lot of trust and respect between everyone. Like that was just a great, 
a great project. And it's funny that imposter syndrome, eh? like the, it really does help that legitimacy of feeling like I can say now that I have a business. There's no yep. more question about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not something I expected, but it's something that just, like it felt very real. Uh, yeah. So, and like, it just, yeah, it's such a cool feeling to to have that feeling, especially for the first time when it's like, again, it's just something that you've created, something that you've started now all of a sudden has a brand to it. Now all of a sudden you can like give someone a business card yeah. and it feels real. You can put it on swag. Like I was saying, it just, it is a very cool feeling. And um, yeah, I don't like, do you get that? Like when people rebrand, for example, does these do you find people still get that same sense of enthusiasm? I think so. Um some sometimes the rebrands are kind of fun too because you can see that before and after and even if it's just a slight change like sometimes they want to keep the same brand colors because say that's already on like vehicles or signage or something and they just want to switch up and the it's such a huge difference sometimes even in just changing a font or cleaning something up. Right. Um, but I find people are still excited because I think it's that same feeling of maybe, oh, we feel kind of dated and maybe that we're not running with the the big guns anymore type of thing. Uh, right. And then it just kind of brings yeah. them back up to, yeah, like we're still relevant. It makes people feel like they're like getting a fresh start kind of thing, you know? Fresh coat of paint. It's nothing yeah. <laughs> So I think it's a good um, feeling either way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, listen, I, I have been, I'm so appreciative that you made the time today. Um, I do have one last question for you though, before we jump. Uh, but again, just want to say thank you. You were amazing to work with. I would refer you a thousand times over to anyone. So hopefully folks, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, definitely check out Emma Scott. We'll make sure we have some links in the description on the podcast uh, so they can go and check you thank out. Thank you. Uh, you were great to work with as well. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's always nice to be a good customer too, right? Like, you yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels good to be a good person to work with on, on the services side. I um, think your business changes that too, where you're, you now know the other side. So you want yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> you want to be, rep you want to, you want to be the way that you expect to be treated or the way exactly. That you to so yes. absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, are you a music fan? A what fan? A music fan. Yes. What are you listening to these days? Well, actually I was thinking about that. Um, cause there's a few, uh, the Canadian one, uh, is the beaches. Yeah. Yeah. And then also recently discovered uh wet leg. Okay. Never sounds heard like that. a gross name, but it's <laughs> it sounds like a gross name for some reason, but it's it's uh some female singers. I forget where they're from, but they're also kind of cool. Uh those are some good ones. What about you? Oh boy. Um <laughs> I have I have been on the 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 term that people coin this type of music is called butt rock. Butt rock. <laughs> it's like your your Nickelbacks, your oh, really? like that sort of like just like it's almost like arena rock. That's okay, like, yeah, yeah, that's. I'm not, I don't listen to Nickelback, but like that style of music, right. like a Seven Dust or an Asking Alexandria or right. um, who else? Uh, yeah, it's kind of. It's got it's heavy, but it's also more accessible, like, general. Yeah, general for for a larger audience, if, like an arena. That's probably yes. the best way to describe it. The best way, yeah. Like if if Monster Energy Drink were to have a music festival, these would the <laughs> be playing at it. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. so I, I really, I think that's kind of where I've been going lately for good or bad reasons. I don't know. <laughs> um, a lot of like early 2000s stuff too with like saliva some of the new metal stuff with like oh, death wow, tones yeah. and like all that fun stuff so i've been listening to, to, to some butt rock um <laughs> that's funny I, but i typically like most days i'm either listening to like i don't know like 
chill, like lo-fi music when I'm working. I was going to say, I think that's that's a work from home classic. It is. is put on put on the lo-fi because it you, it doesn't make you think or it doesn't make you anxious. You're just it can be on in the background yeah. and you can tinker away. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, yeah, when I'm obviously not on client calls, I would say like if I'm wanting to get like really deep in the work, some lo-fi stuff is always good. Um, yeah. And then I always go back to classic Canadian 90s music. Like yeah. always without fail, the Matt Goods, the the Moist, the I Mother Earth, Our Lady Peace. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. So I kind of go across everything, but like lately. It depends like, on like, mood too, right? Like it's so true. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> if I'm having like like yesterday, I had a really good day and I wanted to just listen to stuff that was fast. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some days where it's like, oh, you feel like you're slogging through the day. I'll just put some acoustic, like acoustic music on, or I'll put some lo-fi yeah, on. And just it's kinda... raining or something, so you're like, sure, or like let's put on hosier or something. Yeah. But then I even, like <laughs> put on some classic rock sometimes too. If it's you know, sometimes Absolutely. you're feeling nostalgic. It's spring. You're feeling like things are getting, you know, good again for Canadians. Yes. Um, it's like, you know, throw on some Zeppelin or something. It just really depends on on the vibe, the mood. Yep. Or protest the hero based on oh, the yeah, that's a classic. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to Tim. Tim, who's the guitarist of Protest the Hero, also helps manage my business from a financial side or account. Really? Side. Yep. Whoa, from music <laughs> to finances. Yes. Must be a change. <laughs> yes. Uh II music is uh is this company and they do like I say business management, like they helped they helped me incorporate, they got me lined up with the bookkeeper, basically all the business stuff that I needed to learn. Timmy was my boy and still is. Yeah. So I feel like I heard somewhere that one of the oh, it was like one of the Canadian bands, like one of the members is now like a realtor or something. And I remember just thinking, how Some funny 41. would that be? Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's Evo, was, the drummer. Yeah. I remember hearing that and thinking how bizarre when you're, you're looking for a realtor and you're like, why is this guy so familiar? You know, you probably wouldn't place them because they're not oh, in the music setting. So you're like, why is this realtor just so familiar to me? <laughs> <laughs> what a bizarre story to tell. Oh yeah. Some 41, uh, you know sold Help my house, my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of fun though yeah no for sure um thank you for asking me no one's i i i i've never i've talked about music on the podcast but it's been nice yeah. having a conversation about it so thank yeah, you yeah i know it's like i could tell you like went off you're like oh i've got so many yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much about here yes i can and, see the guitars <laughs> yes there's four four in yeah. here one you we can't have... see here but have eight in our house somehow i don't know how they fit in here but there's eight in this house wow so not so much me it's okay. it's my partner but got it uh, but it is nice i like i still like having like when you hear somebody playing in the other room or something it's it's yep. just a nice feeling it's i like having music around so oh me too me too like it's yeah. I got like I wanted to make sure that I had like a good sound system like in my office so like I could listen to music nicely the way I wanted to and then like yeah being surrounded by guitars and yeah. Neil Young and the Flatliners I got tragic yeah, yeah. stuff up over here so yeah just, it's like, like inspiring for you right you know it's I if I if I couldn't have if I did if I wasn't doing what I was doing here and I could be a rock star I would be a rock star like you know, <laughs> I saw Maybe I'm still that both. kid. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice. I'm uh I really want to thank you. Uh it was great catching up with you. Uh we'll definitely do this again at some point. Absolutely. Uh, and next time we're in Peterborough, we should try to go for a drink or go for lunch or go yeah. for him and reminisce about the logo building days and i know i was gonna say yeah if, to meet in person would be nice it feels like i already know both of you but i mean it would be nice to do a a double date in person sure. or something Have some sure. beer. yeah uh, can't say no to that can't say yeah. no. To that. <laughs> well thank you again i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we will make sure to talk soon 
For sure. Yeah. Great catching up and thanks for having me. No problem. <laughs> was the incredible emma scott emma thank you again can't thank you enough for for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and chat with me definitely a, a lot of learnings for me uh and a lot of things that it's it's nice to hear that other other folks who have kind of gone their own way or or started something uh, you we kind of go through the same things so it, it kind of helps me just feel like i'm not some unique snowflake or some unique flower that uh has problems or questions or processes like other folks very cool uh hopefully you guys dug it as well emma is phenomenal if you want to get in touch with emma for any of your branding or design needs we will have all of her contact information available across our socials as well as in the description of this podcast next week We've got two very special guests next Friday, but I'm not going to tell you who they are just yet. We'll announce that next week when uh, when we start promoting this episode. And I think it's going to be a time. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a hoot nanny. It's going to be fun. Talking MarTech with other folks that enjoy MarTech, that's fun. I don't care what other people say. It could be nerdy, whatever. Stop. Just enjoy stuff. Enjoy shit. <laughs> enjoy shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's Friday. It's been a long, busy, but great week. Um, let's send it off here. So like I mentioned at the onset of the episode, we're going to be ending off with some limelight. I actually played a little limelight before we went into this outro. New format, new format change here on episode five of the Indie Marketers podcast. We're going to have the intro song play twice, and we're going to have the outro song play twice. Format changes. Moving on the fly. We're making changes. We're making decisions. We're making moves to keep this podcast fresh. Anywho, that's it. Happy Friday, folks. Have a great weekend, and we will talk again next week. Peace.